You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to RenewLifeChurch.com. Well, hey, if you have your Bible, open up to Matthew chapter 25. We're going to get right into this. I want to actually start this morning by, by reading the parable that Jesus taught. And, um, and then I'll kind of share with you what we're going to, the subject we're going to be talking around today. Matthew chapter 25. Before we, we, we actually read it, um, I want you to know that Jesus is actually, he's, in, in this parable, he is teaching a kingdom principle. Come on, say kingdom principle. He's, he's teaching a key to the kingdom. In other words, as believers, we live in a kingdom and we're, we're called to operate in the kingdom a certain way. How are we supposed to operate? We're supposed to operate the way that Jesus actually created us to operate. He gave, he gave us principles and keys and, um, and just things that we see in his word. And we, when we actually apply those to our life, we don't just get to live in the kingdom, but we get a kingdom result. Come on, someone say amen. We get a kingdom result when we live the way he wants us to live in the kingdom. And this is one of those principles that he taught us in Matthew chapter 25. We're going to start in verse 14 and read for a little bit. Jesus speaking said, For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also who he had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents, say five talents. He who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I've made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Verse 22, And he also who had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I've made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Now, before we get to verse 24, everyone say, oh, no. Oh, no. Because <laughs> here comes the one who decided to dig in the ground and hide his talent. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you'd be a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. A strong parable by Jesus, right? He's, he's teaching us a lot of things in this story. 
But just like I said, that this, is, this is one of those stories that teaches a kingdom principle. And this kingdom principle is simply this. If you use what's been given to you, God will increase it and give you more. He said it this way. Those who are faithful with the little will be trusted with much. Now we see in this parable that Jesus is talking about a talent, which is actually a, um, it, which is actually represents a piece of money, an amount of money. But how many know this parable actually applies to more than just money? You see, this was Jesus teaching an overarching principle. And here's what he's teaching. Anything that is given to you, anything that is given to you, if you will be faithful with the little, he will increase it and trust you with much. Today, I want to take this principle, this kingdom principle, and actually apply it to the gifts that God has given you, the spiritual gifts that God has placed in your life. How many know that God gives gifts to his people, that God still is giving gifts to his people, that signs and wonders and gifts haven't passed away, but they're still active, alive in the church today? Someone say amen. He's given you a gift. He's given the people around you a gift. Don't just believe that the gifts are given to everyone around you. Believe that it actually was given to you. Not, it's not just your neighbor. It's not just the pastor. It's not just the good worship leader. No, you've been given a gift as well. It might just look different, but you still have one. We've all been given a gift. And the question is, what are we doing with it? Jesus is clear that we're supposed to do something with the things that, were, that are given to us. So today I want to talk to you just about that, about using what's been given to you, using what's been given to you. I want to title the message, Use Your Gift. Use Your Gift. Would you pray with me? Yeah, Jesus, we thank you for this time. And, and Lord, we just ask you to bless it, that you would open up our hearts. Actually, we open up our heart our soul to receive your word today. And Holy Spirit, I invite you into this message, into this room. I pray that you would speak to your people as I speak, and that you would highlight things, that things would get imparted, learned, uh, that you would just lead us all in, into all truth today. Yeah, we thank you for it, and we believe it, and we agree in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 I'm sure uh, many of you in the room, you know what it's like to, uh, to have an injury of some sort, a, uh, a muscle injury, a tendon injury, or, or a bone or something like that. You've gone through that. If, if that's you, raise your hand. So yeah, I've had some type of, pretty much every single person in here has experienced this before. I remember about three years ago, I was having a lot of, lot of trouble with my right knee. Um, I was uh, just I, it got so bad that I could barely bend down. Um, I could barely get into my truck. It was just there was a lot of pain. And and what had happened is I had transitioned out of um, a pastor a pastor role in Amarillo and actually came here to Midland. And but when I was a pastor in Amarillo, I was a youth pastor, and I was I was doing all the young stuff. So I was moving around a lot, going to the store, like doing all the crazy stuff. Well, then I came here and I and I, I became just that old adult pastor. You know what I mean? And, and you, know what you, you know what you do when you're an adult pastor and you're like, you know, you're like in an executive role? You sit a lot. You do counseling sessions and like 
for some reason, pastors are supposed to like pray and read or something like that. So I was doing that and I was just sitting around a lot. And I noticed it was because of my um, just being immobile, not moving around that I began to develop this knee issue. Now, what's interesting is I had found a a place here in Midland to, to, to work out. I kind of kept going on about my business the best that I could, you know, but um, I, I found this, me and Braden actually found this new place to, to, to work out. Now, he wanted to go work out so he could hunt better, which is, that's not even a thing, but I guess it is. And um, I wanted to work out because I like to work out, right? And so we go to this place, and it's kind of like CrossFit, but a little bit easier, and you're doing a whole lot of movements where you're lifting the bar over your head, and it's a lot of movements that are that if you have a knee issue, it is not going to feel good. The problem is, is that when I went there, everybody else was doing it. And just like any other man, when everyone else is doing it, what are you going to do? You're going to do it until you can't anymore, right? And so I, I, I started to push my knee in ways that I, maybe I, I thought I shouldn't have. And, and um, I, I would modify here and there. But something interesting began to happen about six weeks in to this new workout, I mean, using my knee more than I had in the last year, my knee started to feel better. After about eight, nine, ten weeks, the pain in my knee completely went away. And what I discovered is that it was actually, it was actually the, the truth was with me moving that knee and getting that part of my body to, to do things that it didn't want to do, that healing actually came because of the movement. Healing actually came because of the use. You see, we understand this about the human body. The human body was created to move. The parts of our body, guess what? They were created to move. You know when bad things start happening? You know when you, you, know, you start getting pains in your body? is when you sit around, right? Is when you don't move it as much. We see that people start experiencing different things. We even see this when people go and get a, a knee surgery or a hip surgery. What's the first thing that the doctors come and make them do? Get up and walk, right? Move that sucker. Why? Because it's, it's in moving. Your body was created to move. And what's interesting about that is that the body of Christ actually operates the same way that the human body does. You know what's true about the body of Christ? That each part, each part, each part, was created for movement. Each part, each person placed in the body, it was created, you were created to be used. Let me say it this way, the gift that he placed on the inside of you, the part that you represent, that gift that only you have, that's carried the only way that you can carry it, that gift is meant for movement. It's meant to be used. And here's the amazing thing about it. When that gift is used, it brings health to the body. It actually, just like the physical body, when that, when that gift begins to get used, it brings health to the body of Christ. See, I want you to know today that God placed a gift on the inside of you and he did it for a reason. It was so that you would use it. So that you would move with it. So that you would get it active and going into the body of Christ, bringing health to the body of Christ. You see, I believe this is what Jesus was teaching us in the parable of the talents. 
He was teaching us that the things that are given to us, in other words, we didn't earn them, we didn't work for them, we do not deserve them, they are just freely given to us. The things that are given to us, we need to use them. That applies to the gift. So if you would, let me use, instead of talents in that story, I'm going to begin to to use another word, gifts. And I want you to notice what happened in the parable. The person who used their gift doubled their gift. Both people, both servants who used their gift, the one with five, made five more. The one with two, made two more. Oh, but there was one person that none of us want to be like, right? And what happened to him? Or what did he do? He buried his gift. He buried what was given to him. He buried the thing that God had placed in his possession. He didn't use it. And what do we see the master come and do? Take it from him and give it to the one with ten. Why? Because he realizes the one with ten didn't just get ten all by himself. He can trust the one with ten because he uses his gift. I want you to know today your gift was given so it could be used. We see all throughout scripture where God begins to talk about the gifts that he's placed in the body of Christ. He says the same thing over and over. He says to use it. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 6. This is Paul uh, talking. He says, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. I just pulled out one that is about as easy to understand as you can possibly get right there. In other words, there's there's varied graces that God has played, different gifts, and he gave it to you to use it. We're following, right? Just in case, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. What is, what is Paul t- teaching us? You've been given a gift from the, the Spirit of God. Why? To use for the common good of people. To use it. We see in Ephesians chapter 4, these are the Christ's gift. These are those who are called to ministry. These are the gifts given to the church. And notice what it says here. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. Why? To use it. To equip the saints for the work of ministry and for building up the body of Christ. If you're not convinced, I'm going to give you one more. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. It says this, As each has received a gift, use it, to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. See, here's what I know about God. He's placed gifts in this, let's just take this body that's here right now listening to me in this room. Every single one of you have a gift. In fact, there's a gift of leadership in many of you in here today. And you know what God gave you that gift of leadership to do? He gave you a gift of leadership so that you would lead. You know what he didn't give you a gift of leadership to do? So you could go home and sit on your couch and just be like, oh, I'm such a good leader. I don't know if anybody understands the gift that is on the inside of me, but man, it is humongous. I'm a leader. I love leading myself. It's so good. He, did, he, he, gave, he gave a gift of encouragement to many of you. You know what he didn't give you the gift of encouragement for? 
so that you would wake up every morning and look at yourself and be like, you are so awesome. You're such an amazing person. You're going to do awesome things today, Keith. Way to go. All right, and that's all you do. That gift was not given for you to use on yourself or just to sit around with it, be immobile with it. It needs to, it needs to move. It needs to get out there. It needs to bless other people. You know, I, uh, I remember my, my oldest son, Jackson, he's, he's 10 now. When he was getting old enough, I don't know, three or four, um, he, he's getting old enough to, to play with Nerf guns. And so, of course, just as a good dad, I bought him a lot of them, right? Not because I wanted to play with them, because he wanted to play with all of them. The ones that he couldn't even hold because they were so heavy, they were for him, all right? And we, we, we bought a, uh, some Nerf guns. And, of course, when you get Nerf guns, what are you going to do? You're going to have a Nerf gun fight. And um, I remember it didn't take long after the first couple times we were fighting with the Nerf guns in, uh, in the house that I realized, like, Jackson just wouldn't shoot any of the bullets out of his gun. So if anybody were watching from the outside, it looks like I'm abusing my kid. I'm just unloading on him, like, right in front of him, and he's just taking it, and then he'll shoot one and run off. I'm like, this is not fair, but I, I kind of like it, you know what I mean? <laughs> And finally, we, we, we got done after the first two, two or three times. I was like, dude, I was like, why are you not shooting the gun? And, and finally, I got down to it. He's like, well, I don't, I don't want to lose my bullets. And I'm like, I bought you 5,000 bullets for Christmas. It's impossible for you to lose all your bullets. You have bullets until you're 18 years old in this house. Like, you literally can't run out. And I'm not joking. He would be, it would be a gun that had like eight bullets in it. He would shoot one and then run and get that one and put it right back in. Like, what is the matter with you? I'm like, and I tried, had to teach him, like, dude, you're, you're missing the whole point of this thing. The reason those are in there is so you use them. You just need to let that thing fly. And can I just tell you, you, gave, you were given a gift for a reason, and you just need to let it fly. That gift was given to be used. Not to sit around, not to be afraid of what might happen, not to, 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 to count yourself out or whatever that is that's keeping you from using that thing. It was given because God saw fit to give it to you. He gave a part of his DNA and his characteristic to you. Let me say it this way. He trusted you with the gift. He actually trusted you. You, come on, you, you know you. I know me. Like you, really? Me, God? He trusted you with that thing. And when he trusted you, he expected something from it. See, just like the master came and trusted, here's five talents, here's two, here's one. He wanted to see, he left for a while, and he wanted to see what they would do with what had been given. You know, I think many of us are, quite honestly, sitting here today, and there's multiple reasons why we are not using our gift or don't want to use our gift. One, we might be afraid to use it. Um, we might feel uncomfortable going out and risking it. You know, uh, and, but I think another, there's another group of people where you're like, Man, this is a really good message, but I don't even know what my gift is. I can't use it because I don't even know what it is. And today I'm not 
necessarily going to get into all of that, but I want to actually put the responsibility just kind of back on you and say, if you don't know what it is, I want to encourage you to go figure it out. You see, you can't use something that you don't know you have. <laughs> and if God made it a point in Scripture, multiple places in Scripture, to let us know that there are gifts that He's placed on the inside of us, I think it's our job to actually go out and search for it and, and look for it and try and use it and do whatever we can to figure out what has He actually given me. We see in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul tells us this. He says, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. It's not a waste of time to go after gifts. <laughs> he teaches us that there are seasons of our life or just in life in general that we're actually supposed to earnestly desire the gift that God has placed on the inside of us. Now, Jesus continues to teach us in this parable a little bit more about gifts. And um, I kind of, before I get there, I think another, one of the other reasons that we don't want to use our gift is because we don't think that it's big enough or good enough. Let me say it this way. Our gift is too little. If you've been going to church for some time, you see big gifts, all right? Like you see Steve-O up here leading worship. You're like, that's a big gift and a big mustache too, right? It's like, it's, a, it's, a big, it's an amazing mustache. Like you appreciate it, right? That's a big, it's a big gift up there. My, my gift isn't that. Why, why, would, why would God need me to use what I have? Mine just a little, it's a little bitty thing. It's just a little gift. And you know, can I just say, that kind of thinking is the thinking of the one who buried his talent. See, you know why he buried his talent? Because he thought, the master doesn't really need me to make any money. He, what, what did he say? He said he reaps where he doesn't sow and he gathers where he doesn't plant. In other words, the servant was saying, Jesus was teaching us, oh yeah, there's some people who think, oh, you don't really need me to do anything with, with what I gave you because you, you can get it all from wherever you want anyway. Not true. God wants you to use that thing, and it's only when you begin to use it that it'll actually begin to grow. He said, when you're faithful with little, you'll be trusted with much. Notice, notice the two that use their gift. What happened? Increase came. They both doubled what had been given to them. See, many of us want our gift to get bigger before we use it. And I, I'm here to tell you today, the only way your gift will get bigger is if you use it. It doesn't work the opposite way. We can't wait around and, and work on it and get it perfect and, and do all these things to it and be like, okay, now I'll use my gift of encouragement. Well, I need to learn more word and I need to go to church more consistently and pray and listen to mu worship music on my drives to work. Like we, we do all these things in our head that would qualify us to use the thing that was given to us. Can I just tell you, you've already been qualified because you have it. The proof that you have it means you're qualified to use it. And yeah, you know what? It may be little, but it'll get bigger if you start to use it. You'll begin to use that gift. Use that gift in the body of Christ. Use that gift on the people around you, at your workplace, wherever. What you will notice is that increase will come to your gift. 
gift will just get a little bit bigger. You'll get better at encouraging people. You'll get better at serving people. You'll get better at prophesying over people. You'll get better at the list goes on and on. But here's, what ama- here's, here's what's more amazing about that. Not only will God increase your gift when you use it, he'll also increase your impact. I'm going to say it over here to some people who, who want to hear this. It'll actually increase your impact. Okay, y'all don't want to impact anybody. What about this section? It'll increase, I'm joking, you do, I'm joking. It'll increase our impact. Notice what happened. The two that used their gift, increase came to the gift. And the next step was, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with little. Now I will set you over much. Notice the progression. Use your gift. It gets increased. Your sphere of influence increases. You use it. It increases. Your sphere of influence increases. Some of us wonder, why is my sphere of influence not bigger? Well, maybe you have to backtrack and say, am I using it? And is it increasing? That's why why the master wanted to take the one away and give it to the one with ten. Because the one who has, more will be given. He can trust those of us who use our gift. And I got something really encouraging to tell you today. You know what? I believe Jesus was teaching us. He wasn't teaching us that, that we're a, a good and faithful servant because we're able to double the things he's given us. You could read that parable and be like, well, no wonder he said, good, well done, good and faithful servant. The one with five doubled his money. The one with two doubled his money. Can I just say this? I don't think it's so much about the result as it is about the risk. I think the reason Jesus said, was saying, well done and good and faithful servant, was simply for one reason, because they used it. They used it. Both doubled it. They take what they had and they doubled it. He, in fact, we even went to the one and said, at least you could have done is given it to the bankers and made some interest. If you would have just used it a little bit, you would have got to keep it. And I'm not saying today that God's going to take your gift away. I'll just throw that out there real quick. But he wants you to know what it is. He wants you to use it. See, we learn from this parable, number one, use your gift. Number two, when we use our gift, he will grow our gift and our impact. He taught us one more thing, and I want to close with that today. He taught us that using your gift actually makes you a good steward of what's been given to you. 1 Peter 4, verse 10 says this, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another, look at this next part, as good stewards of God's varied grace. You want to know what makes you a good steward of the gift that he's given you? The fact that you use it. Hear me today, you can't be faithful with something that you don't use. You can't be faithful with something that you don't use. And I'm, I, the reason I'm saying this is because I'm preaching to the people who were, who were like me. See, I'm the type that I'm going to study and do all the research. I'm going to put hours and hours in before I buy that TV, right? 
Before I get this one thing or that thing, I'm going to just, I'm going to look at all the details. I'm going to find the best one, the, the perfect size, do all this research before I actually go and buy that thing. Do I have anybody else in here that likes to do, we kind of talked about this not too long ago, right? You're just an overthinker, overprepare. You just go, go. I'm going to figure out the right things and the wrong things. And when it comes to your gift, you're like, I'm going to figure out how it can be used, how it can't be used, the strengths of it, the weaknesses of it. I'm going to take this Enneagram test and I'm going to figure out my number and my friend's numbers and my right wing and my left wing. and I got 47 wings. I don't know what I, I, I mean, it's, it's just insane. And you want to figure it all out. And I just want to set you free today. Hear me. Learning about your gift, learning about what's been given to you is not being a good steward of it. It's learning about it and using it that makes you a good steward. Don't bury it with all the knowledge that you have about it. I don't know. It comes to a point where, you know what? You got to be like, ooh, I'm going to take the five and I'm going to invest it and see what happens. You know what I know about God? He honors risk. Let me say it in a more churchy way. He honors faith. Step out. Step out and encourage. Step out and serve. Step out and prophesy. Where is he asking you to use your gift? You know, one of the things we have coming up on both of our campuses here at Renew Life is our, our home churches. Those are going to get going in September. And can I just say these are, these are places for you to come and to get involved into a close relationship with with the the people that you go to church with you know what's amazing about home churches it's a great place to use your gift you know it's kind of hard to use your gift in the in the big church you know like what what do you like when I preach these messages I, I actually know like okay this is all all sounds really really good but how how are they going to actually do it because you can't just go around to people and be like hey Mind if I use my gift on you today? I got this thing that I'm supposed to be doing. I was just wondering if I could use it. No, that's weird and people will run from you, right? Sometimes it just, it just doesn't work in the, the big setting. It can. There are places where you can just come up to that person and encourage them or whatever, but it happens even more and more in that close relationship where it's just not so big, it's smaller. and You can just begin to use your gift. These home churches, get into a home church. You've got to get into one. I'm not, prom- not trying to promote home churches. I'm saying there's life there and there's a place for you to use your gift. And it's a great place for you to be faithful with the little so God can begin to trust you with much. Amen? And we have one thing coming up. It's called our, our family dinner. We're bringing these back. Bringing it back. Family dinner. Another thing that you can drop your kids off and not take care of them for two hours. It's fantastic. <clears throat> what are these, what's this family dinner about? It's about getting around this body. And at this family dinner, we're going to begin to tell you about these home churches, meet the pastors of the home churches, and just kind of get to know all these, some people who might be going just before you just jump into that, that home. 
I want to encourage you to come. It's worth the money. It's worth the time. Uh, because as the body, we need to start bringing health to one another. We need to start bringing health to one another. As I close today, I, it's kind of funny. This is the, the third time I've preached this message. I preached it last week in Lubbock and, of course, this morning. And What's interesting about this message the Lord showed me is, you know, we've, we've had a lot of talk about your gift. You know, it's, it's been a lot of talk about you. You know, your gift and increase, your increase and, and your impact. And while all of that is true, I have to say that there's, that there's something a little bit more true, that your gift is actually not about you. It's actually way more about other people. That gift that was given, it wasn't meant to benefit you. It was meant to benefit others. You see, you might open your Bible and begin to read about the gifts and be like, there's no way I'm not a very encouraged person. I'm not a very service kind of person. I'm not a very prophetic person. Well, good, because it's not about you. It's about other people anyway. You may not be good at encouraging yourself, but you're really dang good at encouraging other people. That's because that gift was meant for others. The beautiful thing about it is that if we all start operating in the gift, you won't need your own encouragement because an exhorter that is around you should be encouraging you. It's not that you'll miss out on something. Many in the body are missing out on something. Why? Because many in the body aren't using what's been given. Oh, I can feel, I, I feel power. There's power when everyone begins to realize, ooh, I got something to give. I can bless the people around me. I am good enough, not because of me, but because of him. I do have a gift, not because of me, but because of him. I do have influence, not because of me, but because the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in me. And if the Holy Spirit is in me, his gifts are made available to me. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.